Dylan, do you have your birth data? I'm gonna pull up my software. Yeah. Here, let me... Why did Solar Fire close? Um, um, because okay. Mercury is going retrograde. No, it's because I had to get a new <laughs> laptop. I know, I'm like, all my, all my computers are going to hate me this week. When I, was I have a midterm on Wednesday. Yay for church. Um, yeah, I had to get a new laptop when I left. So, I'm like, it, for some reason, Solar Fire just closes. All right. You're in okay. dark water. Beep, boop, bop. View page. Let's see what. I love that there's like computer software for this too. I mean, obviously there is. I use like I it looks Google so beautiful. I've been like, like pricing it all out because I really want to like get some. But it just like it just looks. So um, if you don't want to spend three hundred dollars on Solar Fire, you should get um Astro Gold for iOS. It's I think it's only forty dollars. Okay. That's like the best free one. And if you have an iPhone, you can also get Time Nomad for free. Mm, my That's phone cool. is out of storage space, oh, so I no. just have to get it on my laptop. Okay. Yeah, I have to upgrade my phone. If any, if any of our patrons or subscribers want to donate a new iPhone to me, <laughs> you know, totally accepting of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at your chart, Kieran, and yeah. So generally, how I would start a consultation, I would have already looked at it and kind of gotten a feel for what it is that we're doing, where we're going, who we're looking at, what's happening, what some of the main story arcs are. But let me mm-hmm. ask you, what's what's a what would you want to know if you were coming to me as an astrologer? Like what would be a helpful use of your time? Uh You're in see. school right now. I and know. you're and you're looking at like like having been in significant financial hardship for a couple of years and you're looking at, um, I'm, I'm like giving all your dirt, um, and you're looking at how you are going to make money when you get out of school. Yes, yeah. So I guess like the question that I keep asking myself is like, is this going to pan out? Is this going to have been worth it? Um, and like, yeah, the questions that I'm asking myself is, okay, where do I go from here? What do I do? How do I stabilize financially? Okay. Like big broad swathy questions. Big broad swathy questions. All right. Real fast though, um Astro Gold is one seventy nine ninety nine. Uh I thought it was cheaper for mobile. Maybe it is. Oh it, maybe it is for mobile. mobile. Maybe okay. yeah, you're thinking of the mobile, that's probably why. Thanks for being willing to, you know, play around here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, and answer all my questions that i've been like i just haven't had like the bandwidth to go and look up and learn all of the information about astrology my approach to like magic i guess because i i do practice magic and i do dabble in paganism and my Mm -hmm. approach is it's there when i'm like asking questions and when i want to like learn something from myself and it helps me tell my own story and like get to whatever it is that is actually the root it like somehow opens my brain to that channel Mm -hmm. so i kind of like use it intermittently as a meditative practice when i'm like running into walls and need to answer questions (laughs) but i haven't done much with astrology there yet so much as like just meditating and rituals and tarot Mm -hmm. all right so you 
Okay, so you just turned 27, is that right? 28. 28, 28, that's right. Yep. Got it. So All right. Okay. So <laughs> if we're going to be looking at matters related to finance in the birth chart, um, so, so basically what I'm working with is looking at what your money story is and mm -hmm. where you are currently with your money story. Now, in the in the the framework from which I practice astrology, if something is not pr promised in the natal chart, it cannot happen. Mm -hmm. So that's rule number one. If something is not promised in the natal chart, it cannot happen. Um, so the question is, will you ever be fabulously rich? And when I'm talking about fabulously <laughs> rich, I mean like multi-millionaire, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. just to look at that, I would go to the second house. So the second house is where we look at in the birth chart for matters related to your money, the person's money. Wait, we got to explain houses real fast and how they're not Harry Potter houses. They're not Harry yeah, Potter like, houses. So there's so many. So if you're standing in a place and you divide the sky into a semicircle above you and a semicircle below you, so you do that, you get a whole circle, and then you divide that into four angles, so there's where things rise, there's where things set, and there's where things are at their highest in the sky, and there's where things are at their lowest in their sky, and then you divide those four big pie pieces into three smaller pie pieces to divide the local space. That actually comes out of Babylonian um, harem spissy, <laughs> Babylonian uh, omenology, looking at which direction the wind is coming from. So if there's a wind coming in from the north that's related to the dead or, or something like that. Um, oh, wow. So basically you have... 12 houses you have 12 divisions of the local space around you those are relative to you precisely where you are then you also ah. have the zodiac which is a division of the sky into 12 spaces right but that's not related to where you are so you can have the same zodiac situation but you can have different houses depending where you are on the earth um, right, and that's uh, why that's why you have to know the the location of your birth chart and the exact okay, time that, and the exact time right. because it that changes where you are. So, like, if like if like a woman had twins and mm -hmm. like they were like thirty minutes apart, if she was so lucky to have that happen, or if she <laughs> yeah, was so unlucky to have that happen, maybe, <laughs> and like they like flight lifted her from like one hospital to another, mm -hmm. the twins would probably have like the same set of like general signs. Mm -hmm. it pre within pretty approximate yeah, um, yeah. you know some of them might have changed over but most of them wouldn't have but their houses would be totally different because right. they'd be in like a different geographic location right or if there's a time delay between births for sure right mm -hmm. so the second house the second pie piece is where we're looking at money and we need to look at um, who the ruler of the second house is so that's the other thing that astrology has is rulers and so you determine what planet has what job uh, if you think about the chart as the overall play or the story or the movie the planets are the actors 
the houses are the roles that they're playing. The signs ah. are like they're typecasting. Like who's responsible for what? Who's responsible for death in your house? Who's responsible for money? Who's responsible for sickness? Who's responsible for career? Those are all determined by where the the um, where the houses fall re- relative to the signs of the zodiac. So, for instance, your second house falls in Sagittarius, which tells me that the ruler of your money and your life story is Jupiter. You have Jupiter placed in the ninth house, which is related to teaching, to spirituality and religion, uh, to distant travel. It's also related to mass communication. Your Ju- I feel so called out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to astrology. Your Jupiter is in Leo. So that means that you are accomplishing the purposes of the second house. You are getting your money in the field of the ninth house, which is, again, all those things I said, philosophy, religion, mass communication, publishing, um, teaching, academia. You're getting your money from that kind of area. And you are doing so in a Leo style. So you are using your power and your presence within those spaces to work by just for existing you. and being fabulous. By just oh, existing. Fuck. That's why. That's why organizing school is so easy right now. Right. Okay. And that makes sense. You're having a really good year for you because Jupiter is switched on for you as a as your ruler of the year using an ancient technique called annual perfections which is actually super simple but i don't i don't have time to get into it here <laughs> but like hang on yeah, real fast fine. you've seen you've seen muppet christmas carol yes okay the ghost of christmas present is jupiter mm-hmm. like that's how you should think of him uh, yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah okay um yes that's actually that's perfect um the santa claus saint nicholas archetype is definitely the jupiter archetype um so in your chart you've got jupiter in a pretty Pretty okay position. Um, But the problem with your Jupiter is that he's being afflicted by the opposition of Saturn. So Saturn is like the ghost of... So he's having a fight with the ghost of Christmas future. He's having a fight with the ghost of Christmas future. And when I saw Muppet Christmas Carol as a kid, the ghost of Christmas future was fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yes, yes. It was the scariest. So... And that's it's and that's Saturnine, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we need then to look at who the uh, who the culprit is. The other thing with your chart is that you have what is called a night chart because you were born at night. Eleven forty p.m. is after the sun sets, so the yep. sun is on the lower half of the chart, which means that the sun is um, the sun. You can't see it, so it's night. Now, right. in ancient and traditional astrology. There are two teams. There's a day team and a night team. Um, if you <laughs> know it's always sunny, there's the day mm-hmm. man, fighter of the night man. So yep. when when it is a day chart, the day team is Jupiter, Saturn, and the sun. So they're happy when it's a day chart. But it's a, mm-hmm. you've got a night chart. So you've got the moon, Venus, and Mars who are happy because it's a night chart. So that's strike one against Jupiter. It's a night chart. Strike two against Jupiter. He's opposed by Saturn. Um, Saturn's really powerful because Saturn is in a sign that he rules, but since mm-hmm. it's a night chart, this Saturn is extra cold. 
One of the reasons that uh, Saturn is considered one of the bad guys is that he is so cold and so slow in relation to the other planets that his principle is contrary to life. That's based in Aristotelian philosophy. Um, he makes things too cool to thrive. So Saturn in Aquarius is opposing, literally fighting, Jupiter in, uh, in Leo. Right? I feel that's and they're so hard. moving towards each other. So we need to look at where Saturn is to determine where the fight, where the resistance is coming from. And we need to look mm -hmm. at the places of the zodiac that Saturn rules in order to determine what the material that he's fighting with is. So Saturn is placed in the third house. The third house is related to communication. It's related. So this is like a video game where you pick your fighter and you pick your tools, right? <laughs> yeah. Like this is the, right this is going to be a cage match between Jupiter and Saturn. Exactly. Yeah, God, I have like the fucking boss level thing going on right now. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing is like with annual perfection, since Jupiter is switched on for you this year, that means the Jupiter story is coming to the fore. That means everything related to Jupiter and his condition in your natal chart is what's playing mm -hmm. out in your life right now. Um, so, so Saturn is placed in the third, he rules the third and the fourth. So that which obstructs you or creates the biggest hindrance in you having the resources that you need in order to be successful overall or to, to feel like you have the circumstances that you need. Um, and this is just one part of the story because we can get into another entire story right. with Mars being an aversion to the Ascendant. Um, but basically, <laughs> like, what's stopping you... Stay in your lane! ...is, is what's... Is, uh, influences from your local community like the like your hometown your upbringing your environment your parents like all of the ways that you inherited all of the ways of life that you inherited um saturn in aquarius signifies your parents signifies your upbringing cool. and saturn in aquarius is so he's he's cold he's powerful he ain't got no time for emotions Aquarius is a fixed oh, air sign, so it's all about crying is illegal. Crying is illegal. Crying is illegal, and so fixed air—that's what Aquarius is. That's like a rain cloud that's holding everything in. Right? We're not doing anything. We're just gonna sit here. We're gonna be heavy. We're gonna be gloomy. Um, mm -hmm. But so that's like a less constructive side of Aquarius. But you can also spin that and think about like the two signs that Saturn rules. And this is my spiel every time I get into Saturn stuff with a client. Like Saturn is the law and the prophets. If you want to like reclaim some of that language. <laughs> um, so like Capricorn is the letter of the law. Aquarius is the spirit of the law. Here's what the structure is. Here's what the structure is for. Mm -hmm. So like one of the ways that you might work to improve your um, situation with Jupiter is to uh, do some magical practices with remediating Saturn. And I actually just published an article about this on my blog. Um, Sweet. So yeah, so you got resources, but like I would zero in on that and say like, here's your Saturn story. Like the crap you inherited from your upbringing is what's creating issues with your income right now. And of I course, I already knew that based on <laughs> the, the content of this podcast. Yeah. But it, it's but it's also like right there in the chart. And if you put that chart in front of any astrologer who knew what they were doing. They would say the same thing without even having to like 
without even having to get into, you know, (laughs) the fact that we've been talking to each other for an hour and a half now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like that, and that's basically it. And then, so then we would talk about like, what are those influences? What are you doing to work with them? How are you growing in new directions, knowing what you know about yourself, knowing how to, um, well, having the tools that you have now, right? And then we right. would look at the solar return, and we'd look at a couple of other predictive techniques to put all of solar that Solar return is birthday. In contest. Yes, yeah, solar return is birthday. And Jupiter in your solar return is great. Like, he's in the fourth house right now um, in your solar return. He is in Sagittarius. He's in a great place for you. He's not afflicted in the solar return. So this looks mm-hmm. like a great year for you to do some work in terms of continuing your growth away from your upbringing and, like, reclaiming and redeeming whatever parts of it you still need to um score yeah crying in public new goal yeah crying i know right? in public right yeah <laughs> that's a sad yes. that is a sagittarius mood right there like let's just have fun with that mm-hmm. yeah yeah so Good that that's like that's in a nutshell kind of how we'd go through an astrological consultation another option that you have if if you are seeking me out is that you can do something called a horary so say um say you have a question like hey i'm going to apply for this job is this going to be a good fit for me am yeah, i going Nate, to get you, it? you feel free do you want to just do this we can just do this <laughs> i hang on i got to um, so I, I have a job that I, I'm interested in, in in New York City, and I am, haven't really seriously considered going back to, to New York. So I um, was like, hey, Nate, what would that look like? And so he was drawing up the horary for me. And so if you guys want an example of how that works, I'll be the guinea This pig. is super helpful. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Because I understand so many more things now. Um, and like yeah, you're very welcome. why this is a very cool thing to do. Because I was and, like, I don't know what that means. And now I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad it's helpful for you. Um, so, Eve, your question was, will you get this job? And if so, will it be a good fit? And you asked me this question, and I consented to it last night at around 6.07 p.m. So I've got the chart on my phone right here that I'm just going to read off the off of the phone chart, and I'm not going to bother mm-hmm. putting this into my software because I haven't gotten around to doing it yet, and I need to send you a write-up anyway. But I guess doing it live on your podcast no is <laughs> the next best thing. Hey, you know what? This is this is just a, a one long commercial for you, so you know. Is it? <laughs> um, okay, so... In the chart of the question, um, we have Virgo rising, which means that Eve, you are signified by Mercury in the chart. Um, interestingly, we all, so the ascendant in a horary chart is usually the person who's asking the question, who you're giving the advice to. And then since you're asking a job question, we're going to look to the 10th house. What sign is what sign does the 10th house fall in? And for this question, it's Gemini, which means that the job is also signified by Mercury. So here's number one, you and the job are intertwined. You want it really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got Mercury and okay, so here's like here's your answer, Eve. No. <laughs> uh horary practitioners have to be really good at saying no and the reason that i say no as to one whether you will get this job or and two whether it will be a good fit for you um is that the overall situation itself is described by mercury and pisces which is slowing down to station retrograde so 
if I have to guess, you're not even going to want this job in like a week. <laughs> like it's a nice mm-hmm. idea, but uh, maybe not. Like you're going to backtrack. And then you're so then we just follow the Mercury story. So the Mercury is going Mercury is going to go under the sun. And the story of a retrograde planet is that if it's Mercury or Venus, it goes underneath the sun and is reborn during that retrograde. So there's going to be something that happens um, in however many however many days we'd be looking at, and it looks like it's about um, 29 minus 12 is 77? Is that, nope, seven days? A week? Is that right? In a week? Help, math. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you were good I at thought, math. I'm not, I thought. Listen. I drank all the wine out of my Jesus bug. But basically, like, the number of degrees separating Mercury from the sun, I think, is going to be... 17. Is it 17? It's 29 minus 12. 29 minus 12. So 17 days. um, And I got days because it's in an angle, and, like, that's that's Mm -hmm. kind of what's happening here. Um, But I think around that time, you'll have a realization or, like, a new opportunity will come to the fore that looks a lot more appealing than this particular Mm -hmm. job. Because even in the way that you were talking about it to me, it's just like, oh, it's a boring desk job, but I would be able to have time to, like, support myself and be in New York and, and like, do the kind of work that I want to do while I'm working on it's my It's very writing. utilitarian. It's very utilitarian, but think of it, like, you and Mercury are described, you and the job are described by Mercury and Pisces, and that is the worst place in the Zodiac for Mercury to be, right? So as far as the question of whether it's a good fit, like, that that right off the bat tells me that- It's like, let's go drown myself now, bye. Well, you're going to be drowning in a sea of words if you mm. take this job, right? And it's in the eighth house. So like a lot of energy would be asked of you without a lot of return. Like you're stuck in what you can get out of it from the other person, but it it's not it's it's not something that's really going to be able to give you what you want it to be because it's going to get you so entangled in a sense of responsibility to the job that you're not going to have the spoons afterward to take care of the actual writing that you want to be doing, right? Cool. Another big another big story here is the immediate square of the moon to Mars. Uh, Mars is in Taurus, and we always look at the moon in a horary because the moon is the closest thing to Earth, and everything has to get through the moon. <laughs> so we look to mm-hmm. her as like the gatekeeper of outcomes, and her next aspect is the square to Mars, which uh, with Mars and Taurus, not where he likes to be. It's just going to be it, like butting your head against mm. the wall. Right. All right. So lesson learned. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But, so, and, and, and a horary can be that cut and dry. But the other reason I love horary is that it really tells you the antecedents as well. Like what mm-hmm. happened to get you to this point. So like that, the thing that got you to that point was the moon had just moved into Aquarius. So there was like a new situation or opportunity that came up, but it was also a sixth house moon. So the sixth house is all about drudgery and labor and work and being responsible uh, oh no that doesn't sound like what i want it doesn't sound like what you want so yeah um but you know if 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 we were going into this fully within the context of a consultation we would spend some time talking about like what is it about that job that really appealed to you 
Um, do you see how, how can we find a better solution for you that gives you the kind of stuff that you want? And that's where it really turns into like spiritual direction and even job coaching in a sense. Like one of, (laughs) one of my offerings is a vocation calibration where I sit with someone and talk about what are your career goals? Let's get them, (laughs) let's get them on the rails with what you got here. Right. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times it's about usually... Every single one of these consultations, this is how it's gone. I'm in this situation and I'm studying to do this thing. And I guess I'm just like, I want to know if this is the right direction. I would say, okay, well, I can see how that would be the case. But also just, you don't seem really excited about that. If you could do anything, what would you want to do? Because it looks like to me, you've got like Jupiter and and Pisces, and it looks like you really want to go some direction with spirituality. Well, yeah, like I really want to be a yoga instructor instructor, and get my certification and like do yoga with people who have disabilities and that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, fucking do that. Like that's what the chart has given you. <laughs> like don't, don't. You already know what you want to do. You just already do know it. what yeah. you want to do. Just do it. But like to talk it out with someone can be so valuable. And I think that's where the bulk of the value that I provide to my clients is it's not, it is the astrology, but the astrology is just a gateway into a deeper conversation around soul purpose and what it is that we're here to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And and those are absolutely my favorite clients to work with is when they tell me what they want to do and they light up and they get excited about it. I'm like, okay, here are what the challenges to that are going to be. Here are what your strengths to that are going to be. Let's maximize these, minimize these. Let's figure Mm -hmm. this out. And so that comes out of my experience as a vocational counselor too. Like that's what I was doing. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. My goodness. You're very welcome.